Welcome in to Dog Central on a, what is it, a Tuesday afternoon. I am Graham. Our old friend is here. Our 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 new friend, our old friend, our always friend, Josh Hancher. Welcome in, sir. How are you doing today? I'm good, and I'm old, so uh, that <laughs> description <laughs> applies. Uh, not yeah, man. With those connotations but <laughs> we are uh you know i've, I've kind of been laying low on the on the dog central but you know it's august and we're talking re- it's there it's football uh five saturdays away from georgia football four or less or something from week zero so yeah dude i'm ready i'm excited thank you for having me yeah absolutely man I'm, it's uh you know you and i've been doing shows together for a long time now and uh getting you back on here is uh makes it feel like football season's close which is exciting you know georgia's starting fall camp tomorrow like there's actual football games being played this month so it feels like it's go time and we are here to do uh the first of our win total pods we're gonna look at the pack 12 today uh before we get into that one interesting piece of georgia news i wanted to get your opinion on i don't know if you saw this or not but uh you're somebody who's attended a lot of games in Athens. Um, I think that our viewership has attended a lot of games in Athens. Saw the news today that Georgia is now gating uh, the, the bridge outside of Sanford Stadium on fall Saturdays and was just curious uh, if you had any you know, had any thoughts or impressions on it or if you've seen it. I, you know, I can see the, the reasons for people uh, getting – maybe upset or anxious about it, you know, because if you tailgate in one part, you know, South campus and you want to go to the bookstore or, or meet, catch up with guys on the other side of, of campus or whatever, I can see that being a problem. I got a feeling that these guys know what they're doing. They're going to be able to route foot traffic around and, uh, and, you know, be able to get through there. So my, my instinct is that it's a, a little bit of a much to do about nothing. Um, and I think that they went, they put a lot of thought into it and I don't think everything that's going to happen is going to be put together in a nice little 3d video thing. So uh, I would just say there might, there, let's just, everybody just relax. Georgia knows what they're doing. <laughs> and I think we're going to be able to get 92,000 in that stadium. And uh, I think everyone, I mean, I mean like the tailgating things, you know, I think the, the, the missing parking lots that always seem to show up are going to be a bigger deal to most people. Um, so I, you know, but I, you know, I think it's cool, actually. You know, I think what they're doing to be able to – and I think getting people into that stadium, if they if they improve on getting people into that stadium, I think that's a good thing, honestly. So, I agree. Yeah, I mean, I, I understand the nostalgia and, you know, like heck, when, uh, when they closed in the other side of the stadium and uh, the track people couldn't see the field anymore from back there, there was an uproar when that happened too, right? Like there's always – people that you know are are used to having a certain tradition or doing things a certain way and the thing that like honestly i i personally most bummed about it is just uh when i was a kid and we would come into town for football games like my my parents or my dad would normally be driving and he would detour through campus and drive over the bridge on friday night you know uh if it wasn't too late and they didn't have it blocked off yet because like that was always cool coming in from out of town, get you pumped up for football season and game day. But uh, yeah, you know, I noticed at the national championship game uh, out at SoFi in LA, like 
obviously they didn't have a roof and that was a bad plan because it rained or they didn't have a closed uh, end of, of the stadium there. But in terms of getting in and out of that stadium, it was so easy and there was so much space to walk in. And uh, my mom is somebody that gets like pretty claustrophobic in big crowds. And so it was really nice because like she wasn't stressed out and because she wasn't stressed out, you know, the rest of the people in my group wasn't stressed out. Right. So, um, I'm a fan of things that allow older people or, you know, people that like to move a little slower or folks that don't like being jammed in as much to get in and out easier. Cause it looks like they're doing some of that on the, on the backside, on the East campus side of the stadium as well, where they're sort of stretching those gates out. So like you said, I think they've probably put a lot more thought into the, the crowd flow aspect than any of yeah. us have. And- and I can get the nostalgia, but I just don't think there's been much going on on Sanford Bridge for a while, you know, in terms of the new sta- scoreboard. And just it's been pretty – it's not like you could chill out there and, and watch the game with any sort of enjoyment there. And also, I will take all of these to keep the campus on stadium as opposed to, you know, North uh, South Carolina or, you know, some of these other stadiums that are just a little bit off the campus in the middle of a field that have no personality. So, um, I you know, this is progress. And also, it's just – I think the whole atmosphere is pretty cool. So, uh, you know, I'm not going to say I'm in favor of it, but I trust uh, – tr- in Kirby, we trust. And in Josh Brooks, we trust. <laughs> there you go. You heard it from the man himself. Um, all right, let's get into some win totals. Uh, so, I know the name of this show is Dog Central, but uh, even when the name of the show was Dog Sports Live or uh, Chapel or, uh, you know, what, what were we? Battle Hymnal. That? Battle, Battle Hymnal, him. yes. Uh We've done some win total type content, and I personally don't think you can be a college football fan in this day and age and not pay attention to some of the, the other teams and other conferences because there's that's who you're you're on a collision course with, you know, uh, if if things go well, and uh, especially with all the crazy, you know, realignment stuff and the fact we'll have a 12 team playoff next season, it's really. I think valuable to get to know some of these teams. And if you're somebody that's held off on doing that, I think this is a really good year to jump into that. So you're, you're not overwhelmed trying to figure out who everybody in the PAC 12 or big 12 is when we're heading towards 12 teams next season. So we are going to start out West with uh PAC 12 win totals today. And the, uh, the wonderful thing about having Josh on is always that he has a ton of knowledge, but, uh, in this particular uh, off season, you have put together a very beautiful, well done, three hundred and sixty eight page uh, advanced stat preview guide with our friend Chris Marler from Saturday Down South. And yeah, man, like tell tell us about this project. Um, it kind of like just snowballed, like many of my little data projects did, and I and I found. Um, and the biggest thing right now is to try to get the rosters, and I don't have the. the and again, what I like to do is I like to find the data. So rlads.com, shout out to them. They seem to be like the first people to put together the rosters. So once I had the rosters, I was able to actually start piecing together, like looking at snap counts and returning production. And then from there, you know, we, we marry some of that with the analytics stuff and the, uh, you know, EPAs and stuff like that. And then, you know, we, you know, we use the, the sort of subjective PFF grades, which I know people are, 
lukewarm. Some people get into it. Some people dismiss it altogether. But it's just another data point that we can put in as we start to look at these at these players and stuff. And obviously now with the transfer portal and, and guys moving around so much, you you know, it's you kind of have to like, holy cow, you know, DJU's at you know Oregon State now. So it's like, um, you know, I would hope that anybody want to check out the guide. You know, you see it on Twitter, dogstats.com. Because it's got all this information laid out, team by team, conference by conference, and uh, yeah, you can see, uh, you know, at the player level and at the, the team level of what what guys are bringing back and, and what teams are bringing back, and and I throw in the win totals, which we're going to talk about here. And win totals is yeah, you may or may not gamble, but for me, and I don't gamble a lot, very little. It's hard to do it in Georgia, but anyway, um, it's just <laughs> yet yet again another data point, right? I mean, Vegas is a key data point. It tells you. They, you know, like like you've always said that you know they, they don't build those hotels in the middle of the desert with all that air conditioning uh, on giving money away. So there, that's a right. true data point. So uh, with that, uh, you know, I'll take it back to you and tell me where we want to start on this. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, uh, before we start, I will just I just want to echo like you guys did a phenomenal job on this. It's beautifully done from a graphics standpoint and tons of good data and there's things in here i mean i sent you this message a long time ago but just for all of our viewers or listeners like there's things in here that i'm usually going to you know i've usually got five or six tabs open on my screen trying to pull from a bunch of different places when i'm looking at teams and you guys have gathered that all in one spot so it's a wonderful resource and uh it's only what 795 is that right yeah 795 and if you want to go and retweet yeah, if you want to go retweet one of my tweets, uh, I'll DM you even a, a, a buck or two off of that. And I know that you know, if you remember Dog Central, there's a you can go to the uh, forum there, and then there's a there's a discount code for the Dog Central members and stuff. And um, yeah, it's you know I, I just I wasn't trying to compete with anybody. I just wanted to add some of my my perspective on it, and uh, it's been pretty well received. A lot of the gambling dudes like it. So if you if you are thinking about putting a little little money down you know it might behoove you to spend a few bucks and, and and just look at this stuff absolutely well said yeah so um and yeah if you are a dog central men, uh member just just go over to dogcentral.com and uh that post is still pinned onto the top of our forum there with the discount code so you will be able to see it there um what is we're going to start out here out west uh with the team that has the highest win total in the conference um which is USC this time around. Let me find them in here amongst all this, all this uh, mediocre West Coast football. I'm just kidding. Uh, Pac-12 this year is, is really like maybe the most exciting league in the country. Um, I mean, I was looking here last night. I counted one, two, three, four, five, six teams with win totals over eight and a half. So like the top, half of this conference is going to be very, very competitive, right? Um, yeah, USC's win total, we're looking over under 10. Uh, that's juiced to the, the under. So Vegas slightly favors the under there, uh, but but not heavily juiced. It's just minus 120 for the under and plus 100 for the over. So uh, if you bet 100 bucks on the over, you're going to get back 100 bucks. If you bet 100 bucks on the under, you're only going to make – uh, 80. So Josh, uh, what, what was your initial impressions? What stands out to you about USC, man? Well, I wanted to 
before I get into USC, what you said is uh, pretty awesome. You know, you're right. There's a bunch of teams that can win this league. Um, in that in that little guide I've got, I talked about some of the efficiency ratings. I mean, there are four guys that had EPAs over total EPAs of over 200, and you know everyone knows the big three. But don't forget about Jaden Delara at uh, at at, um, at Arizona, um, yeah. and then you know and you've got just it's a very good quarterback league. It should be exciting. So yeah, USC is the the the, the favorite to win the conference. Ten game. Uh, that would you say that would move to plus one twenty? Uh, on the it's, over? Uh, no, you, it's still the same as it is in your – it's plus 100 okay. on the over. Yep. Okay, plus 100 on the over. So that gives you – just when you look at the guy that implied odds, there's a there's a calculation if you're interested, you know, get me on Twitter. But basically you can – you can you know, I talked about that data point. That plus 100, you can calculate that into what Vegas implies the odds to be, and that's a 50-50 shot. So there, that's that comes out of a 50% chance that they're going to get 11 or, or more, and then 50% they're going to get 10 or less. So – um, it's pretty good odds as, as you go down. Um, they return 76% of the offense, 75% of the offense, 78% of the defense. And these defenses, those are Bill Connolly's numbers. But also, if you get in there, you'll see the addition, like our good friend Bear Alexander. His defensive snap counts <laughs> are going to be included in there. So I think what you, anything you want to talk about with USC, you got to, you know, it starts with the reigning Heisman Trophy winner, but yeah. quickly pivots right to that defense. Uh, there was not a lot of defense in the league, and USC was one of the worst in the conference, if not any of the sort of top 10 or 15 teams. They were really bad, 46% success rate allowed. So I guess the question is, you know what they can do at offense. You know what – you've seen what they can right. do. You, you've seen the electricity of Caleb Williams. Do we think that defense can improve? Now, to throw that number in perspective, really you got to be 40% success rate or, or lower to be even, I think – worthy of a, of a 14 playoff spot. Um, you know, everyone looked at Ohio state last year and how good their offense was. They had a 38% success rate allowed. So they were good on both sides of the ball. So can USC make that jump? Right. And I think, you know, the, like you've, you've got it here. I mean, they, they gave up almost 28 points a game last year. Um, I look at their, their whole layout. And I think the, just the thing that sticks out to me immediately is, you know, last year Lincoln came in and really went heavy on the transfer portal and kind of reloaded everything. And now you're, you're sort of seeing them do that again. And I know they had a good recruiting class. I don't think it was like Georgia, Alabama tier, but it was, it was up there. Uh, They're recruiting better than they were under Clay Helton for sure. But uh, the, the transfer portal to me is a little bit like a lottery, right? Like you're, you're going to get some guys in there that hit, and then there's going to be some guys in there like, you know, that, that maybe left their old programs because of some, some issue. Maybe they weren't good enough to get on the field. Maybe they had an attitude issue and like, maybe they turned it around in the new place. Maybe they don't, but that offensive line, I think is one of the things that stood out to me a lot was just, uh, you know, you're, you're replacing two like all American level offensive linemen from last year. And you're doing that with Michael Tarquin from Florida and Kingston from Washington state, which like, you know, uh, good players, right? Like Tarquin, I thought was, was very good last year. You know, you've got him in here with a, he had a 72.5 player grade from PFF. Um, that's, that's super solid. Right. But like, I also am just a little, yeah, man, I, I'm a little hesitant to, 
just assume those guys are plug and play because of the way that that offensive line last year really like, you know, I mean, just their, their offense for a while was Caleb Williams running circles in the backfield and then finding somebody like 12 seconds after the snap for a touchdown. Um, and can he keep that up? You know, because what sunk them last year was eventually that he got injured, right? And he wasn't healthy for that Utah game, and that that's what put them out of the playoff. Um, yeah, and they, they've got three guys there. You know, if you look at uh, the snap counts on there, three of those guys that are leading snap counts for that O-line are transfers, Emmanuel Pregnant from Wyoming and Jarrett Kingston uh, from Washington State and, yeah, Tarquin from Florida. Those are all good. Like you said, they got all good PFF grades, but you just wonder, you know, an O-line's got to work as a unit. Um, I don't know uh, if how much they were together in the spring and you've got fall, but, uh, yeah, I mean, that's a that's a concern, you know. What they did, you know, hey, speaking of their running backs, Marshawn Lloyd from South Carolina, right. one, of those, one of those guys we, you know, you're familiar with, and we know what he's capable of. Um, and Dorian Singer from Arizona, uh, interconference transfer there, who was very, very good, 100 target, almost 100 targets last year. Uh, but, again, we know what they can do with offensive weapons. I don't think they can get much better than they did on offense last year. And, I, right. I mean, like, I don't expect a big regression, but – you can, when you can't improve there, you've got to improve on the other side of the ball. So, um, and yeah, and again, I mean, one of the things you talk, I showed off that pass efficiency and that quarterback stuff is all those quarterbacks that have high pass, um, you know, EPA, total EPAs are running quarterbacks. That usage, the, that wear and tear, you know, it's just, yeah, it can add up. And especially um, if, if they're, if, if he has to carry the offense on his back or, you know, or a high percentage of that, I, I do wonder about, what they can do if, if they can, in fact, replicate what they did on offense last year. So, um, again, I think it comes down to what can they where and how much can they improve on defense? Yeah, for sure. And, you know, the uh, the running backs, like you said, I mean, I'm sure they'll find somebody in there that's that's decent. Uh, the tons of targets like I, I honestly initially I was like, oh, well, they lost Jordan Addison and the other guy. So, like maybe they take a step back there. No, they don't. Like they add in the singer kid who led the Pac-12 in receiving. They get the number 1 2023 wide receiver in Zach Branch. They get a number 1 tight end in Deuce Robinson. Georgia fans are familiar with him. And then uh yeah, like I'd be mean, like there's going to be a silly amount of dudes to throw the ball to. I just don't think that offensive line is getting better than it was last year. And then like you said on defense, that's the big question. And again, you know, I think they're that secondary was pretty bad last year. And I, you know, I'm sure some of those guys will improve. I just don't know that there's like the raw talent there. I mean, you pointed out here in your preview, there's only one guy returning uh, into that secondary this year that had a, a plus 70 PFF grade for the season. And then, you know, the front, the front seven, like, you're relying on transfer edge rushers from Purdue and interior linemen from Arizona and like, you know, linebacker from Oklahoma state who I think is a nice player, but I just think in this league this year with the amount of good quarterbacks, like I think there's more good quarterbacks in the PAC 12 than anywhere else that uh, that's going to come back to bite you eventually. Yeah. They're uh you you want to talk about their schedule a little bit? Or yeah. You want to, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, they, it's a backloaded schedule. 
Um, they don't play a team with a win total over five until Notre Dame week seven. Yeah. Um, so look for this team to get off to a hot start, uh, perpetuating the USC talk, uh, perpetuating back-to-back Heisman's. Uh, but you know they haven't done anything yet until they get to mid-October and get mm-hmm. Notre Dame at Notre Dame. Um, so uh, yeah, at Notre Dame. And then last year they didn't play Washington or Oregon, which really helped them, you know, get to get to Vegas in the Pac-12 championship game at, at eleven and one. Uh, this year they get both of them in the last three weeks of the season, in addition to the rivalry game with UCLA. Uh, Three teams with win totals over eight and a half. So three teams that Vegas likes. Where? And what's your also, thoughts? Well, also the three of those, uh, four of those teams: Utah, Washington, Oregon, all UC, UCLA uh, had offenses over fifty percent success rate. So yeah, that defense is going to get tested. Um, I I can see, like I said, they're going to start six and zero or seven and zero. They're going to beat Notre Dame. They're going to beat Utah. They're going to beat Cal. So can they go um, three, uh, two and one? Yeah, two and one against Washington, Oregon, UCLA uh, at Oregon. Yeah, I I think so. I, golly, ten is a tough number. It I is. see them going ten. Is, it's not I, a half. Because personally, for me, like I, you know, I have a hard time forgetting what Utah did to them last year twice you know uh like i i I think that is stylistically that kind of power running game uh 12 13 personnel style that utah has is not a good matchup for usc's defense um i don't think anybody's defense is really a good matchup for their offense either but i just i i struggle to yeah, I mean, in, in my in my little schedule breakdown, I don't know if you can scroll to it. It's at the bottom of it. Utah is returning seven players with PFF grades of of seventy or better on both sides of the ball. So that's a that, uh, it's at, keep going, keep going. Um, it's at the end, right? You're getting close to it. Well, of course, I'll, antidote is how many teams uh, have that start with O or later in the Pac-12. It's a lot. <laughs> Um, oh, just, oh, you mean at the end of the Pac-12 section? Yeah, at the end of Pac-12. Yeah, you can see there it is. There you yeah. go. Nice. Yeah, yeah. So you can see that. Yeah, they. So Utah, you know, Cam Rising is probably one of those players. So that's a big question mark. But um, right. yeah, they they returned 14 players, which is looks like the most returning one of the most returning uh, quality team that they're going to face. So yeah, I guess it it comes down to that game. It's like, do you think they're going to they're going to finally get the Utah monkey off their back? I think they do. Give, give me 11 and one. I'll take, I'll take it. Wow. Give me, okay. Give me I'm 11. Uh, and one. I'm not as, I, I feel like USC's season last year, <clears throat> as good as it was, it's kind of a lot of smoke and mirrors. Um, they had, you know, the, I believe it was the highest turnover margin of any team in the country last year. Like their defense created as bad as their secondary was. They were also phenomenal at, at, you know, catching balls that hit them in their hands. Um, they busted a lot of coverages, but when they had a chance to pull something down, they did. I think that is, you know, we talk about turnover luck a lot. Like, I, I don't think that's a repeatable thing really for them. Um, and I just think that, I think that the grind of, of that schedule, like Lincoln Riley's done a very good job in the transfer portal, but the grind of going to New- Notre Dame, 
getting beat up by physical Utah. At Cal is a sneaky game. I don't think they're going to lose that game, but Cal's another one of those teams that will kind of beat you up and like turn things into a street fight. And then, yeah, man, Washington, Oregon, UCLA. I, I'm going with. Uh, I think nine and three is more likely than eleven and one. I think probably a push is most likely. Yeah, like I, you know, I could see them being ten and two, but uh, for the the fun. For the sake of the argument, I'm going to go under here. I, I would say you're going to find out about this team if they're if they're you know playing if they're beating 34 20 to these inferior teams, Stanford and mm-hmm. Colorado. If they're if those teams are scoring points points on this defense, watch out. But if they come out and they there's they're beating teams up, taking some you know getting some of that garbage time which they didn't have much of, I don't think last year. Uh, yeah, that that'd be an indicator of of you know where they're where they're going to be for that tough stretch run. So, absolutely. Um, all right, so Vegas's next favorite Pac-12 team is Oregon. Uh, both Oregon and Washington have nine and a half win totals, but uh, Oregon's is a little bit more favorable. Uh, they, you know, Oregon's nine and a half. It's it's up to plus one ten now. Um, Washington's over nine and a half is plus one twenty-five. So I, I'm not entirely sure the applied odds there. I'm sure they're pretty close, but I look at Oregon, you know, uh they're 66th in offensive returning production, 59th in defensive returning production. Uh Dan Landing, best recruiting class in school history, I think. Like very good offseason for them. Lots of you know, lot lots of good momentum. Um what are your thoughts on the Ducks? Well, it's interesting to talk about those line moves. It tells me that Vegas is probably keep they're not moving that that total, but just moving the juice around. It tells me that they think that Oregon's the better team there. Don't you think? I mean, yeah. it's because I think that that game, that Oregon Washington game, probably going to you know make the over for one and the under for the other. Um, yeah, they. I mean, obviously they're returning um, the Bo Nix, who had a great year, aside from. A great year after the first game. Um, and, I mean, actually, they moved the ball in Georgia. They had a 50% success rate. Obviously, they didn't score any points. They did. They made a ton of um, – but, um, yeah, I mean, PFF graded them out at 86 for the season, uh, 87. That's darn near elite. Um, and they return a bunch of running backs. Uh, the receivers are bringing in Tez Johnson from Troy. Um, the O-line, I guess, is questionable, right? Um, yeah, you know, that's a, that's a big question mark. Uh, they've got, that is not Steven. If in the guide, it will be updated. That is not Steven Jones from Appalachian state. <laughs> He's a, I, I, t- I told him myself, Graham, golly. Uh, I, I don't I know. I, I was about, uh, I, yeah, but, uh, but that PFF grade for the Oregon Steven Jones is correct. So yeah, they've got real question mark on that, um, that O-line. Um, so can Bo, I mean, you talk about a guy, I think that they may be more dependent on running around and and, and their quarterback, you know, making plays than USC is going to be. Um, so, yeah, I'm not – I'm – I just think you know, Bo Nix is not – you talk about something that's not repeatable. I don't think Bo Nix's season, I mean, is – uh, he's going to regress. I think he's got to come – he's going to return back a little bit. I don't think he's going to go in the tank or anything and lose his job. But, um, you know, you know, I don't think – what are you 43 total touchdowns and 14 rushing ones? You know, I think that's gonna, 
that's a peak that I don't think is going to come back again this year. Yeah, I mean, 519 rushing yards from a quarterback position when you consider the fact that the NCAA takes sacks out of rushing statistics is, is pretty remarkable in this day and age in a power conference for an offense that also had like a very prolific passing game. You know, we're not talking about running the, the veer or the, like the triple option here. Um, I, I think you nailed it when talking about the offensive line, man. I think that's the biggest, the biggest uh, question for me is, um, you know, another one of the preview content things that, that I like to look at is uh pick six previews with, with Brett Sianca and, and he does, he does a good job. He has kind of some of his own like metrics that he plays with, but um, his, his preview was talking about how Oregon's offensive line was the only one that was top 10 in sack rate and run push uh, in the power five, or I think maybe even all of the FBS and they lose back. They lose four starters. You know, they get back a left guard that was hurt in week two last year that we saw against Georgia, who's a good player. But uh, yeah, I mean, they, they barely gave up any sacks. I think they gave up five sacks the entire year. And they also hit 16 pass plays of 40 plus yards, which is probably not repeatable. And I think Kenny Dillingham, there's a reason he got hired at Arizona state. And it's because he's a, he's a very good OC, but people forget that, you know, he spent, a year with Knicks at Auburn before both of them ended up out there at Oregon together. And like, I, I think, you know, Bo Nix is kind of like a pitcher in baseball that only has like a fastball and Oregon kind of like designed an offense where he would only have to throw fastballs that, you know, that's a little, that's a little demeaning to Bo Nix. But my point is just like, thought they were really good at only asking him to do the things that he was good at doing last year. The guy that comes in is from UTSA, which obviously has been like a prolific offensive program, but this is just another ball of wax. And I think, uh, I think with, with Nick's last year in Dillingham, half the battle with him was like confidence, you know, and finally getting him to like, I think kind of, you know, trust himself a little bit and, not question certain reads and stuff. So I think losing that relationship hurts them. I think it, I think it hurts the offense. Um, but yeah, I mean, like, like, let's look at that schedule, right? Cause that at Texas tech game in week two, uh, that's not a gimme. Like I'm sure they will be favored in that game, but that's a tough place to play, especially at night. It's a long trip. It's hot as hell down there in West Texas in the second week of September. You know, um, then you get, you get, you know, gimme's basically your other two out of conference are Portland State and Hawaii. Colorado's a win. At Stanford's a win. I think Washington State's probably a win. Cal is probably a win. At Arizona State is probably a win. But you still have Oregon State, USC, Utah, and Washington sitting there. That's four games that you basically have to go two and two to hit the the over on this win total. Yeah. I mean, Vegas knows what they're doing because it's, I mean, it's, I mean, three and one, two and two, that's, that's going to be what the season is. So um, yeah, that Washington, um, that Washington game looms large with, Mm -hmm. you know, and then it's back to back away game. So they do get, uh, they do get Washington off the bye. Um, off, you know, yeah, the, the, the buys off Stanford. So, um, I, you know, 
you were talking about that O line. I was looking at it on the on the conference intro there. They returned the fewest uh, offensive line snaps in the Pac-12. Um, wow. If you think that overall as bad as that te- that that um, conference was on defense, maybe there's a there's a little regression to the mean just in sheer just volume of it. So if you think that we think that Bo Nix has peaked and is going to return and maybe some better defense gets played this year, then oh, and that O line. Could be uh, could be problematic. So um, yeah, I'm I'm kind of kind of cheering and hoping that Washington gets this win. Um, and yeah, so give me that under. Um, yeah, nine and three, eight and four. Um, yeah, yeah, somewhere in there. Depending, I mean, like again, I mean, like, are we sure in a second year that um, that that Dan Lanning's got his guys ready to go on the road and not be looking ahead, you know, and not be thinking of them. I mean, like that Texas Tech is. I mean, that scares me for them. Yeah, that's I mean, a scary Texas, game. Yeah, it's a scary game. I mean, that's a that that's a seven and a half uh, win total team. That's not a pushover. Um, no. You know, so that's a good call. I had not, and those guys returned ten PFF guys, uh, PFF seventy guys. So that'll be a good game. I know. I'm good. looking forward to that game a lot. I hope it's like a got to be a nine you know, o'clock, right? Gotta be I would say, I hope it's a late start. Yeah. Like it's kind of a standalone time slot a little bit. Um, week two has like 20 games on the slate that I'm interested in watching. So I'm probably going to get divorced by dragging a bunch of TVs into the living room, but it's okay. We'll make it be all right. Um, I, yeah, I, I kind of like think that the offense has to take a little bit of a step back, but I think the defense takes a step forward for them uh, just because they're Jordan linebacker Birch. play. Yeah, Jordan Birch. Like, they added a bunch of really talented guys out of the portal, like Kyrie Jackson from Alabama. You know, uh, was he a stud for Alabama? No, but, like, he's a talented kid that I think can excel in the Pac-12. This linebacker, Justin Jacobs from Iowa, I was doing a little research on him. I think he's a a very good player and you know he comes in for them um and then they get this uh soleil Soli. they get connor soleil yeah. from arizona state like I, my point that i'm trying to get at is uh last year i thought their defensive line was pretty nasty uh i thought that when we were doing our preview content for for the the georgia game like Dorless is a good player. Masse Funa is a good player. Like they've stacked blue chip studs on their defensive line. And that's not something you see really anywhere else in the pac 12, but the, the back seven was just really, really struggled. Like their, their boundary corners were good. And then their safeties and linebackers, uh, Noah Sewell and, uh, Justin Flo, like that's basically how Georgia got them. Right. Was, was making those guys run sideline to sideline and chase, Kenny McIntosh or Chase Ladd McCockey on the end around, and they weren't fast enough to do it. Part of me thinks they can't get worse coverage, like play from their linebackers than they did last year. And so I kind of think it evens out basically is what I'm driving at. I think the offense has to take a little step back. I think the defense has to take a, probably a decent step forward. Um, Yeah. At that nine and a half number, I think, I'm with you. I think that I think that they go probably nine and three. I think that's probably the the, the the likely scenario. I just don't think that you know, I know they get USC at Austin and they get Oregon State at home, but going to Utah's tough Utah hasn't lost a 
Pac-12 home game in like four years. So, you know, that's how many will they really lose this year? I don't know. And then we talked about that Texas Tech game. And they got to go on the road to Washington, which is a huge rivalry. And that's that's probably going to be like a – there's a decent chance those two teams will be if, – if Oregon get, get past that Texas Tech spot, then those two teams will probably both be 5-0 and going into that game. You're probably looking at like college game day out on the West Coast um, in the dark. But, uh, yeah, I'm going, I'm going under for the Ducks. I'm with you. I'm riding that. Uh, Harry's, Harry's following you mostly. He's, uh, but he likes them nine and three, possibly 10 and two. So he's, uh, he's a little bit higher up on this. Shout out to Harry. One of the OGs of dog central. OGs, Absolutely. Um, yeah, I mean, you would expect a, a, a Dan Lanning, uh, coach team season two to improve on defense. Um, and yeah, there's no reason to think they won't. I, yeah, I think that offense is going to be, um, not as good so yeah they're they're gonna be they're gonna they're gonna be in a lot of close games i feel like um especially down the stretch and that schedule is not does not help them that's a that's a tough schedule um it is yeah at at utah at at washington if they go if they go if they split that that's a good that's a that's huge it's a good result i agree absolutely all right let's be speaking of the huskies uh Win total was nine when you made this guide. Uh, Vegas has bumped them up to nine and a half. So that would tell us that uh, there's some money that's been rolling in on the Huskies. Um, Now that over nine and a half is at plus 125, under nine and a half, minus 145. I pulled that number off DraftKings last night. So it's probably still close to it or or there. Um, Look, dude, I'm gonna go ahead. And, I'm just gonna go ahead and say it now, man. Um, I was going through doing research for this last night, and uh, I think Washington might be a playoff team. Yeah, it's it. They're they're officially moved out of the uh, dark horse candidate. I think a lot of people are big on Washington. Um, yeah, and it's hard. It's a it's a well it's a well coached team. Uh, Michael Penix is probably, you know, for the, for the diehards, they know who it is, but some of the casuals may not know how good a quarterback he, how good Big a season Penix he had it. last year. Yeah. Um, I, I like it. I, <laughs> uh, I, I think USC is going to win the PAC 12, but I think this is, I think this is the second best team for sure. I, yeah. So, um, I'll just I'll go ahead and sell you on Penn, or I'll, I'll sell you guys on Washington. I'll make my case. So uh, number one in pass yards per game last year, retained the offensive coordinator Ryan Grubb after multiple teams tried to make advances at him. One of them being Alabama. Um, this is a pretty saucy stat. Okay, uh, twenty-five scoring drives of ten plus plays last year. That was the most by a Pac-12 team since two thousand four USC. They returned two 1,000-plus yards receivers in Odunze and McMillan. Uh, And then the only question for me is, oh, well, okay. And so you have that whole offense. They returned 74% of their offensive production, 73% of their defensive production, 15 starters. Uh, The question is they, they lose the three offensive linemen across the interior, right? Like they get their tackles back, but... Uh, the interesting thing is that all three of those new projected starters are fifth-year players. So experience, maybe not a ton of snap counts, uh, but or I'm sorry, not a ton of snaps, but 
you know, old guys that, that probably know what, what they're trying to do. Maybe not panic on the road. Um, and then this was the thing that really pushed me over the edge on them was, uh, and I didn't know this honestly until last night, but, uh, their defense, which really struggled last year, they had seven players in their secondary get, get hurt and put out for the season. And so they were at one point in the season talking about pulling guys over from offense just to be able to field a team. And they still won 10 games. Yeah. <laughs> um, and yeah, like you talked said about the, you know, those O-line players are going to be having to step up. They're not, you know, green at all. The center had 200, you know, 200 plus snaps last year and had a 67 PFF grade. If, if it is in fact, Mateo Millet or um, is going to be the starting center. He got center snaps last year. Um, yeah, they're bringing back. They just jumped out for me. I didn't realize just how much I would have not guessed that they ran the ball 58% of the time last year with a 52. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, that's a team that, that has a, that can impose a will, you know what I mean? They're not dependent right. on a scrambling quarterback and a sketchy O line um, to, to make plays or he can run the ball. Uh, you know, I don't know if they've got a, a death March like we do, but um, it, yeah, that's a, that's the more death March. Yeah. The more death March. We're going to, Copyright to Kalen Death March. Yeah, eleven and two. <laughs> I like it. Um, yeah, dude, it's it's a lot. To, you know, talk about selling me. I I mean, yeah, two edge players that are, uh, you know, first team Pac twelve level guys from from last year. One of them here, uh, Trice, eighty nine point one PFF grade on six hundred and eleven snaps, sixty nine pressures. Very nice season from Braylon Trice. In 2022. Uh, yeah, man, I, I like it. I, I think uh, – and you, you pointed out the rush game, but uh, – I'm sorry, the rush offense. The thing that kind of surprised me was their rush defense, top 30 in rushing yards per game allowed uh, and, and in yards per carry allowed, and then 11th in opponent-adjusted per-play rush defense. Uh, they were below 90th in all passing defense categories – but again, we just highlighted that that secondary injury uh, kind of issue that they had. And, you know, what's telling to me is that, like, they brought one corner in out of the, the portal from Oklahoma State, Jabbar Muhammad, who, uh, good player, played a lot of snaps last year for, for Oklahoma State, nine pass breakups. But they didn't go and get a bunch of other guys from the portal to fill out that defense or that back seven, which would tell me that they like what they have there. And they feel like if they had stayed healthy, they, they would have been able to, to make a nice run. So um, let's look at this schedule because uh, we should, we should probably do that before yeah. we just call them playoff champions, but or play, uh, playoff yeah, continue. they start, they start off with a big game uh, week one Boise state at home, um, you know, that's a that's a great matchup. Um, Boise State's got a win total of eight and a half, so this is not a down year for Boise State. If you want to go off that, um, yeah, that's a team that we talk about our net yards per play. They were over. That's a one point two net yards per play team. So that's a team that can win thirty four percent defense of success rate yeah. allowed. Yep. Stout yep. returning five PFF guys on defense too. So yeah, that'll be a good test if they come out there and dominate that game. Watch out. You know, that's a good indicator. Mm-hmm. Um, and I like, you know, this is narrative, but I like having a big game. You know, I think that having that big game for Georgia, the last two, yeah, the last two years, that that's that's huge. 
Um, I mean, you know, we we'll talk about Michigan's uh, opening schedule down the road, I think. But um, <laughs> <it> is, <laughs> you know, uh, you know, I guess we you know shouldn't even bring up schedules, golly. But um, yeah, and then Tulsa. Uh, so back to back home games. Uh, that you know, Tulsa is not any good, but you know, still. Wow. And then the, and then Michigan State comes to town. So. Right. Um, it's a good schedule. Um, and you're going to find out a lot about how, how, you know, like you said, you're kind of like, if we see some improvement, like in USC, you know, if we see some of that, you know, if we, if we see Washington beating guys 35 to, to 13 and 35, 14 and stuff like that, watch out, you know, that we're going to find out real quick if that defense is um, what they hope it is and, and see that improvement. I agree. Um, you know, I, I think that, uh, the Harry in the comments there pointed out, you know, that that four game stretch to end the year is is a tough one. You know, they got to go to USC, come home and get Utah. I think getting Utah at home is big. I mentioned earlier, Utah does not lose games at their place in Pac-12 play. Uh, going on the road to Oregon State, especially late in the year, can be tricky. It's cold and, you know, kind of a, a weird place to play, especially at night. And then they they get the apple cup at home. I uh, I'm definitely on the over here. I'm I'm definitely on the over nine and a half. I think the question for me is is you know where where am I fall, falling in terms of record? Um, it's hard for me to think that they're going to run this. It's really hard to go twelve and zero in college football, and this is a tough schedule. Uh, you got four games, five games against teams with uh, win totals of eight and a half or more. I, I'm still going to say that they go 11 and one, and I'm going to say that uh, I would say that they they lose the shootout to USC, and then they get USC back in Las Vegas, beat them, revenge their only loss, and go to the college football playoff. All right, um, it's interesting they got Oregon off the bye there, uh, so I think. They're going to start off. Yeah. Yeah. So give me, I'll give them that coming out of Stanford. They've got, um, no, do I really think they're going to be eight? No, after Stanford, I guess so. Um, yeah, I think they lose to USC. I think they get Utah. I'm big on Oregon state. So I'm going to say, yeah, I got them going nine and three. I think I think they're gonna they're gonna have a couple of hiccups. Okay, I just I just right. think here I'll I'll, t- I'll give I'll give the Harry like that that gauntlet there at the end might and I, it's it's injury I, luck is gonna be a big part of this for them. I think. Well, I'm down on Oregon, so it's like if they're eight no, all they gotta go is two and two. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Give me. Give me. All right. Yeah, give me ten and two. Give me the over. I'm, I'm big on. I, 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 yeah, give me ten and two. Give me ten and All two. Right. US, so you're at least with me on the over. Yeah, give me USC. I want uh, USC and uh, Oregon State are, the, are my losses on that schedule. All right. So we are both on the, the Washington over train. I think I'm obviously a little more bullish than you are, but we're both there. Um, we got a couple other high-profile Pac-12 teams to talk about before we get into the rapid-fire section of this show. Uh, Utah, the Utes. I mean, dude, all they do is win, 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 no matter what. 
Um, they just seem to kind of shit the bed every year in September and then pull it together and close like nine and one down the stretch. Um, they get Cam Rising back. They've got back 11 of their top 15 defenders off of a unit that, that really kind of gelled towards the end of the season. Um, opening up with our friends, the Florida Gators in week one, and then they go to Baylor in week two. So, you know, not an easy, not your normal Pac-12 kind of cupcake non-con there. Like that's, that's a, that's a slate of their first two games that they could easily go. Oh, and two. And if they don't come out correct. Um, but then we've seen what they've done in the PAC 12, the last couple of years, right. Which is, they just, they kind of out physical everybody and roll through and, and win games. Um, what's your thoughts on the youth so far? Um, I think they, for a while, they've had PAC 12, team's number because i think they had they've been out coached i think mm-hmm. the coaching and l- level of play is going to catch up to them so i'm a little down on the utes um you know they played penn state tough last year after cam rising went out but yeah. they they've lost and given up you know points to big 10 offenses in two consecutive rose bowls i think that's you know that's a very small data point but i just feel like they don't have the offense that's going to keep up with the top three um, or three or four teams. So I'm kind of, I'm going to take the under on them um, and big with cam rising, you know, injured in that Rose bowl. And they're trying to tell us that he's going to be potentially playing in September is kind of wild. I, I struggle to believe that as well. Um, and especially he's a, he's a quarterback that is very dependent on his mobility to be effective uh, in that offense. So um, I, I wouldn't be surprised, honestly. I've been kind of looking at maybe uh, maybe going ahead now here in August and laying some money on Florida plus the points in that game before we actually get injury info on Cam Rising because I think I think that can move that line. If you're curious about the backup, it is Bryson Barnes who Josh has, of course, here in his uh, chart because that's what Josh does. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, I'm sorry. Actually, I, I think the backup is Nate Johnson. Um, uh, it might have been just the stats I pulled from the uh, – Probably. Well, yeah. Johnson's more of the, the mobile threat. He's got a 10-200 meter, uh, ran a lot of wildcat for them last year in situational kind of packages. Um, but that would be a good question is, you know, are they going to – like? Florida's defensive line's a little thin. Maybe Utah just brings in this Johnson kid and goes like, you know, eight pass attempts and tries to run the Treon Harris playbook at Florida in week one there in uh, Salt Lake City. Getting that game at home, I think, is big for them. But um, that eight and a half over is uh, it's juice to the over, which I think is telling. Like Vegas is telling you it's it's more likely to them that, you know, they – it's it's the same as you had it. It's plus one twenty to the over, yeah. minus one forty to the under. Vegas is telling you they think it's a lot more likely this is an eight win team than a nine win team. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, I I just think they they're due for a a down year. I mean, it, it, I just yeah. I just don't think I, I just think the rest the rest of the league is is caught up to them and 
and uh, they've got a lot of coin flip games, and um, I, I can see them um, not winning, losing more of those than they win. For sure. Yeah, I trust Andy Ludwig. I think he's one of the better offensive coordinators in the country. Um, I think he's creative. I think he takes the personnel they have, and he does a good job with it. I just am yeah, not did you, sure. Did you mention Baylor on that schedule? Did I miss yeah. that? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I got, yeah, Baylor. Yeah, they got one, two, three, four, five, six teams. They have seven and a half or better win totals. So, yeah, yeah that's that's – that's a yeah, they're eight and a half. Those are you know, yeah, that's a lot of coin flip games. And they've got one, two, they got three five that are eight and a half or better. Yeah, and and several of those are on the road. So yep. um yeah, you know, that Arizona, you know, that could be that could be that's your win total there, I think. That Arizona it could be. Really? Um that's I think good. yeah, you know, that's a that's not a good team, but that team should be playing better by the end of the year, kind of thing. Um, and you know, they could be, and Utah could be getting beaten up there, maybe just looking ahead to Colorado and just getting ready for bowl season. So, um, I'm kind of up on Arizona, so I'm going to, I'm going to take that under. Yeah, I, I think I'm with you. You know, I, I have a ton of respect for what they've done. Um, I, let's see. I'm going to go Yeah, I think it's 8 and 4. I think I think 8 and 4 is more likely than 9 and 3. Um uh yeah, Harry agrees with us 8 and 4, maybe even 7 and 5. Um and I, I don't like that they have to go to see Oregon State there coming off a trip to U, or I'm coming off having UCLA at home. Like that's there's you know, they got to make a lot of travel up to the northwest in this schedule. They go to Oregon State they go to Washington, they go down to Arizona, they go out to Baylor. Um, I, I mean, I'm almost like afraid to do it just because it seems like every year Utah just kind of ends up winning nine to 10 games, no matter what. But I, I think the rest of the league is taking a step forward. Like you just said, so I'm going eight and four Utah. All right. Let us talk about, the Bruins of UCLA. Uh, I had mentioned on uh, Twitter earlier this week that I thought they could be an interesting sleeper team from a win totals perspective. You did not seem uh, quite as high on them. Um, Chip Kelly's doing a good job out there. Uh, their win total uh, over it, it, it's eight and a half. Uh, that has swung now to minus one fifteen on the over, minus one hundred five on the under. And, uh, yeah, I mean, they, you know, they, they don't return like this is their first year under Kelly without Dorian Thompson Robinson. I think that's the big question is what are they going to do at quarterback? They got Ethan Garbers from Cal, uh, who was a, you know, kind of a, I don't know, a, a decent quarterback when maybe, I don't know. I don't really know. Ethan Garbers, I think some people yeah, thought he'd they- start there. And they brought in Colin Schley from Kent State that to, to compete for that starting job, right? Which we saw what he did uh, to Georgia last year. Very effective quarterback. Um, good at running. I mean, he was. He was. He, might he was. He was. He was. He, 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 he did better we were, than Max Duggan. 
Tell you yeah, it was a, we were frauds because look what, look what Kent State did to us. Total frauds. Oh, yeah. I loved that. That was my favorite. Yeah, um, and, and they and what was the running back they lost, too, who was a stud? Um, they got Carson Steele from Ball State. Yeah, they got Carson. Yeah, that tells me right there that, he, that here's the thing on Chip Kelly. I mean, like, that he doesn't am I wrong? It. Yeah, exactly. He's, he's, yeah. he's just like, you talk about some of these places where you're, you're, you're putting portal guys in there to put, you know, to either get depth or to, you know, possibly compete for one or two starts. But when you're bringing in a quarterback and running back because you don't have anybody ready to play, that's a problem. You know, that's a problem. Yeah, I agree. In fairness to Chip, Chip, I will say uh, they did sign Dante Moore, who will be a true freshman, so probably aren't throwing a true freshman quarterback out there. But he is the highest-ranked quarterback commit in program history. They flipped him from Oregon right before early signing day last December. But – uh, definitely aren't recruiting on the offensive and defensive lines and some, you know, kind of other positions like, like they could or should be. And like some of their competition will be, especially when they get into the big 10, you know, and have to face more like man ball teams like Iowa. Uh, he's been a good, you know, chips done a pretty good job in terms of like game management stuff. Um, one thing that was interesting was Siaka had him uh, top. He's, he's one of only five teams to be top 20 in his game grader each of the last three years. The other four are Georgia, Ohio State, Alabama, and Utah. So, like, I think he's doing a good job with what he's got, but you're right. Um, they're, they're relying on transfers in a lot of places. They lost three starters on the offensive line. The wide receiver room has a lot of guys coming in as well. You know, they got the kid from from Cal, Sturdivant, who's a good player. They got this kid from Oregon who I don't know much about. Um, and then the defense, I don't really know what to think of, to be honest with you. Um, they, they are trying to kind of reload there. Um, they weren't very good last year. I thought it was interesting. They hired Deonton Lynn from uh, the Baltimore Ravens, and apparently this dude's not picking a defensive scheme until, like, he gets into fall camp and gets his personnel, with, like, and knows what they can do. So, I don't know. Maybe that's encouraging. I like their defensive line. I just don't know about the rest. But their defensive line, you got an 88.4 PFF grade here. With Latu, you got an 83.7 with the Murphy – the Murphy twins here. Defensive line is going to be pretty saucy. I think the uh, secondary might be softer than baby poo. <laughs> they do get a good schedule. They do. And that's, and that's why I was high on them for the record. Yeah. I mentioned that on Twitter was that from PAC 12 schedule luck perspective, uh, I think they got the best draw, which I mean, come on, Pac-12, what are you guys doing? They're leaving you guys. Send them out with a murderer's row. Send them to every team, but you didn't. They still got to go to Oregon State and Utah, um, and and I mean USC. I guess that's a uh, and, cross town. Yeah, and but, they got to uh, go to Arizona. Arizona's not. Yeah, I I think I think this starting uh, Coastal Carolina, San Diego State, Utah. Don't I wouldn't be surprised if they're two and two after after they leave Utah. Wow. All right. I don't agree with you there. I think San Diego – I don't think San Diego – I don't think it's going to happen. I'm just saying I, – I, I just think – It's I, possible. It, 
Yeah, I mean, I, I just feel like this that that's an un, like an offense that could that just makes boneheaded plays every now and then too. I mean, like, uh, you know, uh, you know, San Diego State. That's a uh, that's a seven win team. Like, they got to go there. Be hilarious if San Diego State beat them. At they they got to go to San Diego State, as you pointed out. What if yeah, UCLA it could be a, it could be a ten o'clock them? kick? Yeah, ten thirty kick. 11 o'clock kick, FS1, you get beat with hundreds of people watching. <laughs> and and then San Diego State takes your spot in the Pac-12 when you leave to go to the Big Ten. Yeah, I'm under on this all day long. <laughs> I was over. I was high on them last year, and I felt, I felt, you know, I mean. You were right. They were, I mean, they had a good year, man. Like, they had a good year. They kind yeah. of folded down the stretch, though. Um uh, they're not beating Utah. Shit, they might not even beat Washington State at home. Eight and a half, though, it's like, what, who knows something that I don't know? That's what I'm struggling with, honestly. It's like somebody knows something that I don't know, maybe. They go three um, and one. They go, they go three and one. And then they got to get five wins out of – oh, they got to get six wins out of Washington State, Oregon State, Stanford, Colorado, Arizona, Arizona State, UC, Cal. Yeah, I mean, it's what it is. You know, you got – Calories. They're beating. I mean, they're beating Stanford and Colorado. There's no question about that in my mind. They probably split Arizona, Arizona State. I don't know. Didn't Cal beat them last year or come close to beating them last year? I think they did. (laughs) Um, I don't know, man. I'll I'll join you on the under for UCLA. Um, I think there's. I think it's a deep league, actually. Yeah, they beat okay. So UCLA won 35 28 against Cal last year. So that was a tough game. But they do get Cal at home this time around. Justin Wilcox is just a master at like dirtying up. Like he just not not playing dirty. I want to be clear. I'm not saying that, but like he's just good at like turning games into like sloppy, sloppy. So um, chat the chat's in on seven and five. Chat's in on seven and five. Sacred Grove. Seven and five for the UCLA Bruins. I, I must say I'm in on seven and five, but I also think that they're gonna they're gonna mess somebody's season up. Probably, I could see them messing USC's season up like two weeks before the end of the season. I could see them. I could see them doing it, maybe in the Big Ten Bowl. Um. All right, moving forward, a team that you said you're high on. Uh. And then after this, we'll go kind of rapid fire through the rest of the Pac-12 because there's a considerable win total drop off. But uh, let's talk about the Oregon State Beavers, my friend. Shout out Chris Marler. I know you're out there somewhere watching. Um, I don't think that's really what that's supposed to. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. All right, moving along. <laughs> uh, yeah, dude. Like I remember actually texted Chris when I was putting this together. He, he and uh, I was like, bro, I was like, Oregon. <laughs> I said Oregon State had six guys that have PFF grades of seventy or higher, and two and a hundred plus snaps on offensive line. He was like, I hate you. I believe was his response. So I know, I know. We love you. So, we're not. We're not. Yeah. And 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 they've got uh, you know two running backs that that have uh, two hundred and seventy attempts, uh, yep. and they and they're bringing in DJU from Clemson. Um, Is that good though? Is that a good thing? It's you know I think they've got some guys that are going to compete with them too. So I think having a known guy there that's played big big time football and not dependent on him, I think it's a good thing. 
overall. You know, I'm with you. Okay, um, I'm with you. And uh, they've got two wide Anthony Gold and Silas Bolden, solid wide receivers. I mean, there's a lot to be excited for. They went ten and three last year, uh, overachieved by a whole bunch. <laughs> so, do they regress? Uh, what's their What's their total? Uh, eight and a half. Eight and a half. And they, they get soft. Yeah, they, they got a soft. Schedule. Op- yep, soft opening schedule. Their first tough. They they do. What's the deal? Both a lot of guys going down to the the, the Midwest, uh, the Mountain West Conference. They go to San Di- San Jose State, UC Davis at home, San Diego State at home. Um, I mean, hell, just put San Diego State in the damn Pac-12 and be done with it. Um, and then they go to Washington State. So, uh, yeah, I mean, give me that. Give me that four no start. Okay. And they got to get five more out of uh, Utah. And they got Cal, Colorado, Stanford. There's three. So they got to – and then they got to beat UCLA, Washington, Oregon for the for another one. So, yeah. So I am a uh, – Give me, I, I want them in the – I want them in the Civil War. You're taking Oregon State over Oregon? On the road. On the road. After Well, I mean, they, they came from 17 behind last year to, to win that game in the fourth quarter. Look, I think that the way I look at it here is uh, I am a big fan of coaches that recognize like market inefficiencies or try to do things differently. And I think Jonathan, Jonathan Smith is one of those coaches, right? Uh, rest, you know, USC came into the Pac-12 with Lincoln Riley. Everybody's getting spread out. Pac-12's always been kind of a, a throwing league in a lot of ways, at least at the top. And he said, we're going to get, we're going to get bigger on the the line of scrimmage and we're going to pound the rock and we're going to control possession of the football. And I mean, dude, they, they ran the same run concepts over and over down Oregon's throat at the end of last year to, to win that game from behind. So yeah, I trust the run game. I mean, the offensive line returns a ton. Um, I don't trust DJU, man. I don't think he's a good quarterback. I, th- I think, I think he's a talented player who is a bad decision maker, or maybe I should say a slow decision maker. And I think what that offense would be most kind of uh, helped by is is somebody getting the ball out quick. So watch out for the Aiden Childs kid. He was a top 150 overall recruit, good quarterback, true freshman, um, or the you know the Cole Branson guy. I think he actually played some games last year. He did, yeah. Um, I, I mean, ever since Oregon State was preseason number one on the Sports Illustrated cover in the early two thousands, when I was like in high school, and uh, and then fell flat on their faces. I've always been hesitant to pick back to back good seasons for Oregon State, but. You're right, man. The schedule really does line up for them. Um, One of two teams that had a success rate on defense less than 40% last year, Utah was the other, uh, 38 and 39%. Uh, They only returned 50% of that, and a lot of that's on the front, uh, defensive front. So they've, but the guys, they do have quality returning snaps on the secondary. So I expect that defense to hold up, be the best defense in the Pac 12. All right, you sold me. I'm going. I'm going nine and three. I think they get the. I think they hit that win total. Um, I think we mentioned win total is eight and a half. Over is plus one twenty. Under is minus one forty. So if you agree with us that 
Oregon State is going nine and three. That's a that's a that's a plus value uh, win total there, plus return on your investment. Um, I'm with you. I like it. I think the defense. You know, I, this, I think you're this right. Is, this this is my. I think you said maybe UCLA or you had another team that was a spoiler. This is my spoiler team. I think the team that uh, this is the team that can can wreck some seasons. So, um, yeah. And I think, uh, yeah. Nice, Harry. Sorry, I didn't interrupt you. No, it was good. No, it was good. Harry, Harry's been on this more than I have. He's (laughs) deferred, (laughs) deferred to Harry. Um, Oh, all right. Let's run through the back half of the uh, Pac-12 since we're, uh, we're already at an hour and eight minutes here on the broadcast. If you're okay with that, if there's anybody you're you're sort of like, hey, you know, I want to talk about this team, or I think that you know there's some value. I mean, here. Let, let's just kick it off with Colorado. I mean, we don't have to spend a lot of time on there. Uh, okay, they're the they're the lowest win total over under on Colorado, um, and um, and they, yeah. it's the team that everyone somehow we've done a Pac-12 preview and we didn't talk about it because we want quality we're not just like the shiny object i think they go over but not much you think they go over the three yeah i don't stanford i think i think they're lucky to win a game i think if they win a game it'll be i think that they might they might win the colorado Colorado State. state okay all right colorado state i got stanford colorado state Under and okay, all right. Under, I probably it, is, it has three and a half. So uh, yeah, okay, I was really. gonna say yeah. Okay, yeah. All right. Okay, I think so, they push. Okay. I think they get three. I think they get three. But so I'm not gonna take. All right, I'm back to three. Push. Under. <laughs> uh, <laughs> let's talk about Stanford. They are the next lowest win total. Uh, they are three. The over now is plus one thirty-five, and the under is minus one sixty. <laughs> so Vegas Stanford's winning, winning no more than two games. Uh, even would, though they get start out at Hawaii, who had the worst team in the in the FBS last year, that should be an automatic win. So should Sacramento State. Yeah. What's the, what, I'm going over two? on Stanford. All right. So, which upset do you have? I think they beat Colorado. Okay. There you go. So there's there's I three. You got to get You got to get it. And Cal. They beat Hawaii. They beat Sac State. They beat Colorado. And then I think they get one of. I think Cal might be on quit watch by week 11. And I think the Stanford is going to be on the rah-rah new culture train. And they're going to sell, you know, the big game, rivalry. We're going to do this. But a a very hilarious possibility would be uh, them beating Notre Dame in the last week of the season. I I think this is a a 2-10, 1-11 team. You're probably right. But 
I just, I'm, I'm just, this is a vibes pick for me. I, I, I listened to uh, the summer school about Elliot Singh and he had the, the guy from, from Stanford. It was like depressing. Oh, <laughs> the guy sure, was, dude. It was so I guess like was, nobody reads my shit ever. <laughs> but just, and, and just of all the holes they've got and all the problems, you know, and it, again, you look at these schools like Northwestern and Stanford and, you know, these, these team, these schools that have extremely high, academic standards it's really hard for them to bring oh guys it's really hard impossible cal actually is starting to look like they might be trying to kind of do that a little more um we'll see but uh let's go to arizona state win total of five kenny dillingham youngest coach in the power five at 32 years old uh he is younger than me which means i've officially accomplished very little in my life um win total of five and we are looking at uh over over is plus 135 under is minus 160 so vegas thinks thinks that it's much more likely for them to win four uh out of conference they got oklahoma state and fresno state they get both at home but those are two tough games for a, a program in year one Yep, uh, at Fresno State's an eight uh, win team in their schedule uh, over under. Um, mm-hmm. I like. Um, we look at Arizona State, right? Okay, sorry, I got Arizona up here too. So I'm just making sure it's the same one. Uh, give me, give me six and six. Yeah. And okay. Give, give me upsets. I mean, I, their upsets are going to be. Um, give me a UCLA. tough schedule, man. Yeah, give me a UCLA upset. Um, I like uh, I like Dillingham. I think they he's he's a guy that I think can put together a productive offense. Um, I just man, I don't know about that defense. And uh, Arizona State's kind of been like transfer you lately, man. Just the amount of good players that. Edwards recruited that are scattered across college football, making significant contributions, even in multiple SEC programs right now is, is pretty significant. Um, I, I think that they, I, I, I think that they're going to be like one of those spunky teams that plays a lot of close games, but just doesn't win very many of them. I, I don't, you know, they'll beat Southern Utah, but they're going to go, they're going to start out one and three. And they probably beat Cal and Colorado to get to three and three before I think they lose out. I think they, I think they end up like three and nine, maybe right. max four and eight. That's my prediction. All on right. Them. So then you, to that last game, is there a nickname for the Arizona, Arizona State? The Territorial game? Cup, baby. Oh, God. Um, so, or, so let's go to them. They're also a five win team or five win total team. It's probably um, going to be the battle for bowl eligibility. Um, so, North Arizona, Mississippi State, one and one, two and one, UTEP, three and one, Stanford, and then that wicked schedule. So until they get until they get to Colorado's four. You you mentioned Jaden Delora. We like Delora. Yeah, good, good player. Uh, good running backs. Very good running backs, actually. For them, uh, Michael Wiley and Jonah Coleman, both like 
I think, plus replacement level players. Jacob Cowing, one of the best receivers in the Pac-12, led, I think, led the NCAA in receiving yards maybe two years ago at UTEP or was close to it. I mean, he was a stud. Um, offensive line returns a lot of snaps. You know, just because they're returning production doesn't mean it's good production, but it's it's a exactly. nice experience. And then, uh, man, that back seven is just – it's it's pretty ugly. Um, there's not a lot of good players in that defense. But, you know, I talked to somebody this offseason that's involved in, uh, like, consulting for – college football programs and athletic directors and um, charting advanced stat type stuff. And uh, they, they mentioned that like Jetfish is actually somebody who like has a plan and is, is trying to take advantage of inefficiencies and uh, just kind of like shouted him out as somebody that's doing a good job. And I, when people that are smart and know college athletics inside out, say something like that, I take notice. So you're right. The schedule's a murder row, but I think they can get, you know, you said probably start three and one. I think they can, I mean, I think they beat Colorado. I think they beat Arizona state. So that's five wins. The question is, can they upset Washington state? I think this is, this has push written all over it, to be honest with you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I think I'm, I, I can't take overs on both. So I've got to take the under on Arizona because I think Arizona state wins that game. Um, and, um, Cal, we move to Cal. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I am, I'm still sticking by my prediction that Arizona beats Arizona state, but, um, yeah, there's your push. Man. Yeah, that's my push. But I, I think I think I think this is a top half league, uh, you know, very top heavy league. So I think a lot of these other mm-hmm. teams are going to go, you know, they're going to lose a the game they shouldn't, and there are not a lot of upsets in there. So give me the unders on the no. bottom, you know. Uh, Cal is a f- five win team, and they get Auburn. Come, North Texas <laughs> sneaky tires sneaky of the plains come calling out. Yeah. So. Cal. Yeah, that I, that's a strange opener to go to North Texas. <laughs> I don't really understand. You go to that. North Texas and then you get Auburn at home. Yeah, and Idaho, that's right? Wild. Is Idaho is Idaho terrible? I cannot remember if there's one. Idaho is there. yeah they they moved they moved down a division. Oh, okay, to be, all right. Uh, yeah, they they've moved down to the FCS. So yeah, give me one and two start. One and three. Give me Arizona. One and four. One and five, one and six, one and seven, one and eight, one and nine, two and nine, two. And I can't believe two. this win total is five. Two, two and ten. Yeah, give me under. Cal, Cal could be bad, bad. You know what? What's their under? They're under. It's juice to the under. They are minus one twenty to the over and plus one hundred to the under. I can't believe that looking at the schedule. So Vegas thinks they're going to beat Stanford, Arizona State, yeah. Idaho, North Texas. That's four. And they don't and I get guess, Colorado. I guess Vegas thinks they do get Colorado, don't they? they no, do? they don't. No, they I'm don't sorry. Colorado. Right. I guess Vegas thinks they get Washington State. 
Hmm. I mean, this might actually be one where, uh, like, DraftKings has some. No, they're not. But Cam Ward is fun to watch play. Uh, DraftKings has some, like, exact win total lines. uh, And I'm sure other books do as well. But uh, I'm curious what kind of odds you could get on on betting Cal at exactly four. Because it might be like. (laughs) Have it exactly two. (laughs) That's what I'm saying. I mean, you know, yeah, this, yeah. this might be like a very good fade spot. I th- yeah, exactly. I, I think some of these unders, if, if you, you know, go do an alt line or, you know, uh, get some more juice on it, If especially if your money's going to sit there for three or four exactly. months. Might as well yeah, have some why fun. Not? Exactly, dude. Why not just. All right. Pullman, the Pullman Cougars of Washington wrap State. Up on the Palouse. Wazoo, who had a nice little season last year, right? Um, you know, I mean, they, they had a decent year. They went seven and six last year. It's a favorable I mean, schedule. A plus 500 year is very good for a team like Washington State. Uh, decent returning production on the offensive side of the ball, not so much on the defensive side of the ball. And, uh, Oh man, why opening up at Colorado State and then they get Wisconsin at home? Dude, Pac 12 schedules are bizarre. I don't understand that at all. And then Northern Colorado. Two and one question mark. To start the season, I think they're two and one. Yeah. And then Oregon State at home. That's a huge game. I'm taking I think they're two and two. Yeah. I'm taking UCLA to beat them on the road. That's two and three. I'm taking Arizona to beat them as well. So they're two and four. They lose to Oregon. They're two and five. And then they close. There's a, there's a there's a path to six wins here. There's a path to seven wins. Well, I don't think they beat Washington. No, I'm saying like, you know, a UCLA or. Um, yeah. Or Arizona. You know, yeah, we're in a, yeah, there's a path to seven wins. All right. Well, their win total is six and a half. The over is plus 140. The under is minus 165. So I think Vegas thinks they're a six win team. And I, I tend to agree with Vegas on it. I think they're, I think they're, I think they're a six and six team once again. I think they'll probably find themselves, they'll probably lose a game they shouldn't and they'll probably win a game they shouldn't. And I don't know what that will be, but. Uh, it would be hilarious if they beat Wisconsin in week two. I, I'm give me, yeah, give me seven and five. I'll take the over. I think they're All gonna right. upset. I'm gonna think they're gonna they get. I think they're gonna upset UCLA. You really don't like UCLA this year. No, no. All right. Well, that is our Pac-12 win total preview, man. Uh, a crisp hour twenty-two. Really not bad, considering we also talked about bridge gate um i have i've made a terrible error and that is that uh in the middle of of all this you know uh while talking about the pac-12 teams that were going to let us down i didn't talk about a team that never lets us down and that is home field apparel our good friends repping repping some home field apparel right now uh they are our only real like partner at dog central. And that's because we don't want to hawk CBD to you all day. And, you know, other like 
gummy products and boner pills. We want to sell stuff that uh, we actually believe in. And Homefield Apparel makes great product. Uh, they're they're doing an awesome job. Uh, we got some cool events planned with them for this fall uh, weekend of the Missouri game. We're we're looking to do a live event in Athens uh, with those guys at the Foundry in downtown. So fun stuff on the horizon. Um, they're here to help us give our subscribers a better experience. And uh, we're all about that. So use code DOGCENTRAL23, all caps, for 20% off on homefieldapparel.com. Now that I've gotten that out of the way, Josh, do you have anything else you want to say before we wrap up? Yeah, all these graphics you were kind enough to put up there, you're available at dogstats.com. Yes. Um, and you dog central members, um, and, uh, go, go join dog central if you're not, and then you get the code and you can get the guide. Um, and, uh, it would, we're it, actually, can... we're going to do a promotion here, uh, with the start of fall camp where, uh, new subscribers can, can get your guide, uh, get your guide for, for the cost of admission with, with dog central. So, uh, stay go. tuned to that. We'll announce that awesome. next day or so. Yeah, um, I appreciate you having me on, and look forward to to uh, what you have an idea of what conference you want to. We're going to look talk about next. Uh, dealer's choice: Big Twelve or ACC. Which where where do you want to go? Um, let's do Big Twelve. All let's right, work, let's work west. Let's work our way east. I like it. Well, we will be back uh, probably next week or maybe this weekend, whenever our schedules align, to to talk some Big Twelve. And uh, Josh, man, always always a blast doing this with you thanks so much for coming on and uh excited to get through the rest of the country with you all right brother thank you so much look forward to it sounds good